This is an Our Savior Evangelical Free Church podcast. To learn more, visit osefc.org. Good morning, church. How are you all? Good. I'm so glad to be with you all this morning uh, with the preaching of God's word. Uh, Without further delay, let's turn our Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Let's bow down. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful morning time, uh, so that we can gather together to worship you and to praise you and to hear from your word, Lord. Lord, as we read this passage, help us to meditate upon your word and speak to us through this passage to our lives, to correct us, to equip us, to strengthen us in our faith, Lord. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. After I finished my uh, undergrad, I took the route of going into film editing, and then I joined in an institution uh, where I can learn film editing and then pursue a career of film editing. But prior to that, uh, after the second year of my undergrad, during the summertime, I went to a um, worship school where I could learn how to worship and build my spiritual uh, disciplines. Uh, things like that. And then one of those days, God spoke to me in a dream, calling me to come to full-time ministry. Many of you know that I grew up in like poverty and uh, not having many things in my childhood and uh, growing up in uh, lack most of the time. And then I sent my, I set my mind to get a good job earn a high salary, and lead a luxurious life. That was my all the goal during my teenage years, during my college time. And then when God called me, I said, no, Lord, I want to earn a lot of money. I don't want your call. Let me go and pursue my career. After my undergrad, I went to pursue that career. I joined in that institution where I can learn and work simultaneously at the same time, and then started working. Within two weeks of time, I couldn't hold back to the God's call. I became so lean, literally, literally so lean. During these two weeks of time, I could not eat anything, I could not drink anything. That's the reason I became so lean. Why I, 
was going through that phase was I was wrestling with the Lord inside of me. God wants me to come to ministry and pursue full-time vocational ministry, and then I said, no, Lord, I want to pursue my career. But there's a lot of struggle, a lot of wrestling inside of me with the Spirit of the Lord, and then after two weeks, I completely lost my strength, and then I said, Lord, I can't wrestle with you anymore. I don't have any strength. I surrender my life to you. Here is my life, and take my life, and whatever you would say, I will obey. Whatever you would want me to do, I will do it. That's when I got the real peace in my life, and then my life took a very peculiar turn, but a great turn to praise the Lord and to serve in the ministry. So it is impossible to please the Lord, or it is impossible to be his child when you are rejecting what God is telling you to do. So you cannot be a good child when you keep on rejecting his word and keep on disobeying, disobeying to his word and wants to be very religious and very spiritual man. So we find the similar guy in this Matthew chapter 19 where this guy shows that he is very spiritual, he follows all the commandments and yet he wouldn't follow what Jesus has said. So the superficial religiosity of the rich young ruler does not lead him to eternal life. Rather, it is the absolute allegiance to Jesus that will give him eternal life. So what is this Engman is doing here and what are we to learn from this passage? And what is Matthew teaching us from this passage? So first of all, this Engman is a rich young ruler. This passage is found in all the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, and different authors gave different picture about him. That's why we get rich young ruler uh, title for this person. And then he comes to Jesus saying, good teacher. If you read Mark chapter 10 verse 17 in Mark's Gospel, he addresses Jesus as good teacher. Good teacher. And then he comes to Jesus and asks, good teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? The rich young ruler addressing Jesus as good teacher is very interesting. And then Jesus points him and saying, why are you calling me good? There is no one good except God alone. Who is good? It's only God. But if you are calling me good, then you are saying that you are calling me God. And then you must obey what I'm going to say then. So, Jesus indirectly pointing to him that if you are addressing me as good, then you are recognizing me as God and you better do what I'm going to say. So the good thing about this rich young ruler here is identifying who can guide him to have eternal life. Who can guide him to eternal life? And he identified Jesus rightly. And he came to Jesus and asking him, but what degree he recognized Jesus, who he is? That's the question. What degree he has recognized Jesus, who Jesus is? And then he asks, what good did 
must I do to have eternal life? So, he wants to attain eternal life by doing a good thing. Can anyone attain eternal life by doing a good thing? Well, I come from Hinduism. You all knew that I grew up in Hindu religion and then I was a Hindu when I was growing up. So in Hinduism, we do a lot of rituals or we offer so many things to gods and goddesses in the temples so that we attain salvation. We do some charitable works to attain salvation. And we do charitable works to get some blessings from God and to get rid of the evil from our lives. So in Hinduism, salvation can be earned by what you do. But here, in Christianity, it is not the case. Salvation cannot be earned. You cannot earn salvation by doing charitable work, by doing some good deeds. Good works do not produce salvation. Rather, they should be the product of salvation. But here the anger ruler comes to Jesus and asks, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works. Not a result of works. So that no one may boast. So we cannot earn salvation. So whereas this young rich ruler wants to earn salvation, he wants to do some good deed and wants to earn salvation. And then Jesus says, Jesus turns the focus away from the good thing to good person that God is only good. If you are calling me good, then you must focus on God because Every good must begin from God because God alone is good. So Jesus points to him to God and then even though he was indirectly pointing towards to God but he still wants to answer his question and what he should do. And then Jesus tells him, obey the commandments. Keep the commandments if you would enter life. Keep the commandments. So here, uh, observe carefully what Jesus was saying. The young man was asking about like, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And then Jesus, in verse 17, he says, if you would enter life. So there are two words that are going on here, eternal life and life. Jesus, he's saying life, whereas the rich young ruler was asking about eternal life. By saying that, Jesus implying that having life itself having, is eternal life. So if you, are obey, if you obey all these commandments, you would enter life. That means you would have eternal life. But if you fail to do any of these things, you wouldn't have it. So eternal life and life are used parallelly here. So if you're asking to enter life, that means you're already dead. You're already not living spiritually. So you're already dead. And then Jesus says, 
you keep these commandments. What are those commandments? And then he quotes Exodus chapter 20, the six commandments from the Ten Commandments. He says, if you would enter life, keep these commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So is obeying commandments the way to life? So does keeping the commandments leads to eternal life? The Old Testament teaches that Israel's obedience to God's commandments gives life to them. For example, in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5, it says, Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. So if anybody keeps these commandments, what are they going to do? What will they get it? They shall live by them. But if someone fails to keep all those commandments, what would happen? So Deuteronomy 30 verse 16 also says, If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall, you shall live and multiply. And the Lord will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. So the commandments, if we obey all of them, it will, they will guide us to eternal life. But James, in his epistle, he says in chapter 2, verse 10, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. So we can try to keep all the commandments and try to enter the eternal life, but if you fail to keep one, you cannot enter the eternal life because you were failed in keeping all the law. You were guilty of all the law. So it is only by Jesus we can enter into the eternal life. It's by keeping faith in him we can enter into the eternal life. Here, Jesus was saying to this young man, keep the commandments, you will, you will have eternal life, you would enter life. But this young man says, Lord, I have kept all these commandments from my youth. All these I have kept. What do I still lack? The one thing that I would appreciate about this rich young ruler is he is recognizing what he is lacking and whom whom he can approach in order to get the direction to enter into eternal life. This is, so he is always recognizing what is his lack and whom to approach. So here, Jesus quoted like six commandments from Exodus chapter 20. Uh, it is rather five, but the sixth commandment, you shall not covet, is not quoted here. Uh, Jesus instead Replace you shall not covet commandment with you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
So why did Jesus do that when he is like quoting all the fifth to tenth commandments from Exodus chapter 20? Why did he replace this one commandment? You shall not covet. And then instead he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself from Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. So coveting here in Jesus' view is opposite of loving. Opposite of loving. It is rather a positive commandment to the commandment of you shall not covet. If you love, you would give what you have to your brothers, the poor. But if you don't love your neighbor, you will covet what they have. And you won't give anything to them. But if you are loving, you will give what you have to them. You will share what you have with them. So when you are coveting something of your neighbor, you are thinking that you want what your neighbor has, and you do not want your neighbor to have that thing. Whereas when you love, you will share what you have with your neighbor rather than coveting. So Jesus, knowing the lack of this young man, puts his finger right on there. And then he says, when the young man asked, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And then Jesus says, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So is renouncement of possession a way to eternal life for this young man? Or is it a way to eternal life for us? And Jesus is saying, go. If you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess. And give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. What is the young man's question? The young man was asking, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? But look at how the conversation took turns, and then where did Jesus come here? He's saying, if you would be perfect, if you would be perfect, is that what rich young ruler was asking? Let's see. Let's see if the renouncement of possessions and eternal life, uh, renouncement of possessions is a way to eternal life for this young man. So, so does selling one's possessions and giving them to poor give someone eternal life? As I said, example from Hinduism earlier. So in Hinduism, it happens. If you sell something and if you give to God and if you give to poor what you have, you will have eternal life. Some of the, uh, I mean, many of the gurus who goes to Himalayas to do um, I don't know the English word, but uh, they live there for years and years, and then monks, they become monks. Yeah, that's the right word. So they become monks by renouncing all they have, all the possessions and all their life's pleasures, and then turns to monks so that they can attain eternal life. So renouncement of possessions is not a way to eternal life. So Jesus was saying, if you would be perfect, 
go sell your possessions and give to the poor. So what does this perfection mean? So in Greek word, the perfection, the word is used teleos. Teleos means it is undivided loyalty and full-hearted obedience. It is undivided loyalty and full-hearted obedience. So that is what Jesus was telling him. If you would be perfect, instead, if you would have undivided loyalty to me, to what I say, and have full-hearted obedience to what I'm going to say, then you would enter into eternal life. So, but what is this renouncement of possessions? In the Gospels, we see um, Joseph of uh, Arimathea, who had the tomb for Jesus, was a rich man. He had his tomb before his death, and he was a rich man to have that. And then there are many rich people um, in the Bible, and then uh, in the New Testament, if we read the Paul's letters, he says Christians are to uh, give uh, hospitality to the sojourners who goes on to the fields to proclaim the gospel, who are on the mission, who are going to the mission field. So if, we, if somebody has to uh, give the hospitality to somebody, and they need to have a good house, a house at least for, uh, a room for the guests, and that tells that in the ancient world that they are uh, somewhat rich people uh, to have those homes for guests. And then in Christianity, we see there are a lot of rich people. They are good Christians. So having possessions is not wrong. Is not wrong. But what is our attitude towards these possessions? That is the matter. That is where Jesus is pointing towards this young man. It's okay to have possessions. It's okay to be rich. But, but if your attitude towards those possessions, and if you are making your possession, possessions as your idol, and they are your identity, and then that's where you have problem with the gospel. And that's where Jesus points to this young man, because he knows that that this young man is lacking in this area. He had his possessions as his idol, his identity. So Jesus here tells two things. If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And the second thing Jesus says is, come and follow me. Come, follow me. So one more thing I would like to point in verse 21 is um, that Jesus says, he doesn't say you will have eternal life if you go sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Did Jesus say that, oh, you will have eternal life, what you are asking? What is Jesus saying here? He's saying instead you will have treasure in heaven. What was the question of the rich young ruler at the first? The rich young ruler was asking about how to have eternal life. Is there any good deed that I can do to get eternal life? And then here Jesus is saying, if you would be perfect, do this, and then you will have treasure in heaven.
so if someone is like focusing on too much on their possessions they cannot serve god rather if somebody obeys the lord like this rich young ruler and sells their possessions and give to the poor i'm not saying you go and sell your possession give it to the poor but if that is what god is saying you can do that but so jesus says in the uh, jesus said in the sermon on the mount you cannot serve either god neither god nor uh, money at the same time you need to choose either mammon or god you need to have allegiance either to god or money so you cannot serve both masters so then if this young man forgets about his possessions and identity that comes through his richness having material possessions if he would re- deny that and have allegiance to Jesus and then obey what he says he would have eternal life and then Jesus says you will have treasure in heaven treasure in heaven so what is this treasure so in Matthew chapter 13 uh, verse 44 to 46 so we see two parables about um, the kingdom of god is like a treasure so Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 it says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field so there's a man who is like searching for a treasure in a hidden field and then jesus is implying the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field so when this man who is in search of this treasure goes and finds and then he sells everything he has in order to get this treasure get this kingdom of god see the contrast between this parable and the rich young ruler so the, in this parable a man is like seeking after the treasure which is hidden in the field the kingdom of god whereas this rich young ruler even though he found he was not willing to give away what he has in order to get this kingdom of heaven he is not willing to give away what he has and then later in um, matthew chapter 13 verses 46 It says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it see the other person who is in search of a fine pearl and then he finds it and in order to get that pearl what he's doing is selling everything he has and getting that whereas this rich young ruler what is he trying to do even though he found a great treasure even though he found fine pearl that is the kingdom of heaven he's not willing to enter by renouncing them and jesus here is showing that 
the contrast between these two. And then if you want to enter eternal life, if you want to have treasure in life, treasure in heaven, you should do what I am going to say. That is, come and follow me. Come and follow me. So, when this was said, the rich young ruler heard this and went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. For he had great possessions. What did he do? He went away sorrowful. This is the guy who found a person who can guide him to eternal life. And then he addressed, he realized that he recognized Jesus as God, calling good teacher. And this is the man who sees lack in him, even though he tells that he does everything according to the Ten Commandments, according to the Torah, the law, and then he still finds a lack. And then he wants to fulfill that lack and comes and asks Jesus, what should I do? Where do I still lack? Even though I follow all these things, where do I still lack? But when Jesus tells him to give away all his possessions and, and give to the poor and come and follow him, he went away sorrowful. He went away sorrowful. So what degree did this rich young ruler recognize who Jesus was? And what degree are we recognizing who Jesus is in our lives? So we can come to church every week. We can be part of the church small group. We can be active in the church. And we can be seen as very religious people, very spiritual people. But how much, what degree are we recognizing who Jesus is? And in what degree are we obeying to Jesus in what he says? In the society, we can be recognized as spiritual people. We can be recognized as good people who follows all the commandments. But whereas in our personal lives, when we come, when we look into ourselves, oh, there is still something that we don't obey, what Jesus tells. To be his disciples, to follow him. If something needs to be given away, or something needs to be left behind, that's where the problem comes. Oh, I still want you, Lord, but I also want this. I don't want to do, I don't want to leave this, but I want to keep this, and I want you also. Just as I said, uh, my example of how I was very spiritual. I was like, 
very active in the church, doing all the stuff. If I wasn't there in the church, the Sunday service wouldn't go well because I was the only person taking care of all the PA system and everything in the church. And then I didn't want to do what God is asking me to do. I was very spiritual guy to people. I fast every week. I do spend all night prayers. And then I kneel down and pray for five to six hours during those days. But I still didn't want to do what Jesus was telling me to do. So how are our lives today? Is that how we are? We still want to be religious people just like this rich young ruler and still doesn't want to obey what God is telling us to do. Whether to give up something, whether to turn away from something. Whether it is material possessions, whether it is an addiction, whether it is a behavioral change. Where are we? Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. As Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 8 says, how this in how this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So, Jesus showed us perfect example of what obedience is like. And Paul is encouraging us, we need to have that kind of mind among ourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. See, even to the point of death, we need to be obedient to Jesus and what he tells John chapter 3 verse 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So the way to eternal life for the rich young ruler is not doing a good deed or not following the individual commandments, nor not renouncing the possessions or selling them and giving them to the poor, but the way to eternal life for this rich young ruler is to have total allegiance and total obedience to God. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Let's bow down. I want you to encourage to look inside of yourself for a minute and see if you are showing to other people as a very religious person on the outside and still doesn't do what God is telling you to do, to be his disciple, 
to follow him, to renounce what he is asking you to renounce? Are you like this rich young ruler where he tries to be very religious person on the outside who follows all the commandments but yet he lacks something. Where are we today in our obedience to Jesus, in our obedience to God, to his call and to what he's asking us to do? If you are coming to church for a long time and for many weeks or many months, many years and still have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I think Jesus is calling to be his disciple, not just